this is the moment that I knew she was going to be good. We went to a camp at Northern Colorado and we played a, we played Grandview and they are, they are loaded. Like they have, um, they had a, two kids try out for the USA national team. And then their point guard is actually at UW. Now she's um, coming off the bench for UW. And so they were just loaded and we played them and they beat us, but it was a, you know, 15 point game. And Allison, she, she ripped it up. She scored 20 some points. And after the game, the UNC coach came up to me and said, well, who is this girl? How do I not know about her? And, and uh, so I kind of explained the story. She didn't play a lot of AU, so she was kind of unknown. And she said, well, did you know who she just scored like 25 points against? That girl's a four-star recruit. She's going to Iowa. Welcome to the Wild Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. Hope everyone out there had a happy new year and a Merry Christmas and enjoyed any and all holidays that they might celebrate. I most certainly did. I don't want to speak for Robert, but it sounds like he had a pretty good, pretty good time. Some well-earned time off for him. But we're back. New year, same podcast. We're going to talk high school hoops. Then we have Douglas girls basketball head coach Cody Hellenbolt on with us. A phenomenal time talking to Coach Hellenbolt. Just thoroughly enjoyed our time talking to Cody. He, he was fantastic guest. Great stories. You can't hear Robert and I laughing, but we were cracking up at – coach what coach Helmbolt had to say he was just he's great so I can't wait for you guys to listen to that one and then to wrap up the podcast it's been a few weeks since we've we've been on here but I feel like a lot has happened with the University of Wyoming football program so certainly gonna address that see see if Robert and myself have anything too deep probably not Probably not a whole lot you can say about that situation. It's just kind of the modern-day college football, Oklahoma, having its own similar version of it right now. But first, Robert, how's it going, man? How's it going, Mr. David Graff? It's going, it's going really well. Uh, glad to see you. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks, so glad to be back on here. I know that it's freezing outside, especially up there in Casper. I was watching the Weather Channel this morning, and the meteorologist said, and here in Casper, Wyoming, it's just going to get colder and colder as the day goes on. And I thought about you. And I thought about you immediately, and I thought about, uh, you know, how you have spent your fair share of time in the warmth. So has to be tough for you sometimes. This is not what anybody would term an ideal day. It will, by the time we're done finishing recording this podcast, it will still be three degrees and there will be even more snow on the ground. So that's just, that's the cherry on top of my but Wednesday. What, what is the wind chill? What is the wind chill? Oh my, let's see what the wind chill is. The wind chill. You ready for this one? It's uh feels like minus 15. Just perfect. Perfect day for, you know, a jog. I don't know. Uh I don't this is this is exactly what you want on a Wednesday in January. Ugh. Well, well, hopefully the weather doesn't impact the uh start of uh, well, not the start of hoop season, but you know, getting into the big swing of high school basketball. Hopefully, yeah. the weather doesn't impact it too many games. Yeah, there's the Taco John's invite this weekend down in Cheyenne. 
all the schools that I cover are going to be down there. Douglas, Natrona County, Kelly Walsh, I believe. So, I mean, hopefully this weather here and there doesn't impact that or have any uh, – I just don't – I don't want to see that get canceled. There are a lot of good teams, a lot of good matchups this weekend in that tournament. So, well, let's talk like that tournament is going to be happening. What are you looking forward to about the Taco John's invite this weekend? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to finally get to watch Cheyenne South play. Um, haven't been able to watch them play yet, girls or the boys, but uh, I'm excited to watch that boys team play. Um, covered all the teams in the county except for Cheyenne South because they have been on the road pretty far playing in uh, Western Wyoming to start the season. So yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to watch watching um, the East girls and East boys play against Matrona Friday night. Those will be a pair of good games. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to seeing all the teams around the state and who's who's uh, who's going to be pretty good. I mean, filling out the state, seeing seeing what's happening. No doubt. I'm jealous that you're going to get to see the, the NC girls. They're an absolute joy to watch. These girls are just like, even when you talk to them, you like the competitiveness that the Phillies have is off the charts. Like there are a couple of girls that want to win so bad that like, it wouldn't shock me if somebody said that they started a full out brawl, like they're that competitive and I love it. And it's, they're a good team as well. They're good at basketball. They don't just want to fight people. I, and they haven't fought anybody that I know of. So I don't want to say that they're out there starting roles. It just kind of feels like that. And so good challenge for them going up against East. I went to their practice yesterday and they're certainly preparing for that matchup with the Thunderbirds and also looking forward they said, uh, I think they said they were looking forward to playing Sheridan as well as we can. So excited to see what they're able to accomplish after starting out 6-0. and Personally, I am like this. I didn't think that on January 7th, I think is what Friday's date's going to be, I would be having one of my highlights of the year. But the opportunity has presented itself weather permitting to see Stu Lairwick and the boys in person playing hoops in Glenrock. And I'm, I'm very excited about that one. Can't wait. Can't wait to see the Hornets as well as the girls team and uh, previous guest on the pod, Jane Sheila as well. So get to see both Pine Bluffs teams. That's going to be a huge treat for myself. Can't wait for that. On Friday, I'm still confused as to why they're playing in Glenrock, but there's but Glenrock's not playing, and it's not a tournament. Do you have any insight into that? No, I have no insight into that. <laughs> Besides, it's just uh, centrally located. I'm not sure. <laughs> I yeah, that's all I can think of as well. They're playing at the Glenrock Intermediate School, which I think that's the middle school. I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Glenrock. Yep. Hopefully uh, you have yourself a treat watching and being able to watch, you know, Pine Bluffs play. They, they're really good. Uh, top ranked team in 2A and they're going to be, and they almost beat the top ranked team in 3A in Douglas. And, you know, that says a lot. Potentially beating the top team in a classification above you. So I'm excited to, Hopefully I can see this Kelly Walsh team uh, play. I don't think they're playing any of the uh, Cheyenne schools, but maybe I could catch them, catch a game, watch them, um, you know, take the court. What have you seen about that Kelly Walsh team that's kind of stood out to you early this year? Kelly Walsh, man, they got a lot. They've got a lot of cohesive guard play. I'd say like the chemistry that these guys have on the floor is absolutely incredible. And then they're capable of just 
continually swinging it around and then finally, eventually, if they have to, getting it inside to Davis Crilly, who is a mountain of a man when it comes to Wyoming hoops. He's a big kid, and he's got some good moves inside. I really, really just love the way that Kelly Walsh passes the ball. There, No one on the team feels the need to, like, hey, I got to get a shot up here. I haven't gotten a shot up in a while. Like, it's my turn to shoot. They're really genuinely look, always looking for the open man, always willing to make that extra pass. And there are guys on this team who they get more excited when their teammates scores as opposed to themselves scoring, which I think that that says a lot about a team. Now, I saw them play in the Oil City tip-off here. They didn't go up against South, who was probably the next best team in town that weekend. So I'm not entirely sure how good they are yet, but I do like what I've seen so far. So I think that they have they have a chance to, you know, be really good. They have great shooting, great passing, and a big man in the middle. All you really need to do is play defense, and that has not been a problem for them so far. Awesome. Yep. Looking forward to watching those guys as well. And like I said, just gauging gauging the state, seeing who's, uh, you know, making some early noise this season and checking out some individuals for sure. Looking forward to it. And hopefully the weather doesn't put a damper on things. Who, who are some of the individuals you're looking forward to? Of course, besides – you know, Maury Alexander, Leandre Ray from South, but, and then as usual, Nathaniel Talich. Who else are you looking forward to seeing? I don't know. I don't really have an answer for you there. I just, I just want to, you know, there's no one in particular I'm hoping to see. Just kind of wanting to, like I said, gauge, get a good feel for what's going on. That makes sense. I'll ask you the question again next week when we reconvene here. But since I get to see Pine Bluffs, you know, and Stu Lairwick and the boys, two of my favorites there, who who besides Stu on the Pine Bluffs team should should I pay a little bit of extra attention to? Um, they're all really good. Uh, their point guard, Ryan Fornstrom, is really good. Um, Dalton Schaefer, guard, he's uh, – can really knock down the three, and they have Reed Thompson, um, big guy, athletic, can shoot the ball and pretty much do it all as well. Um, they're all really good and play really well together. So, yeah, definitely just a good team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, excited for that one. Double header. They've got that double header in Glen Rock. Got to get to the bottom of why they're playing a double header in Glen Rock for. What is it? Not a tournament, I believe. It's just playing some hoops on a Friday afternoon. So looking forward to that one. And then one of the teams that I hope you're going to get to see this weekend, I'm still jealous that you've gotten to see them play the last time. I had the chance was a few weeks ago, and it started snowing pretty heavily on cue. So I was unable to make the drive down to Douglas to catch – Coach Hollenbold's team against uh, Lander, which I know was a game that he he kind of circled on the calendar there, or at least he was looking forward to that one. So I was bummed that I was uh, was not able to catch that game. Robert has seen the Douglas Lady Bearcats. He's seen their Dynamo freshman, Lauren Olson. And now he has a little bit more insight into the dynamic with Lauren's older sister, Allie, on the team. So, so I'm sure if he gets the chance to see them this weekend, he'll, he'll be paying attention to that. But without further ado, want to get straight to Lady Bearcats head coach Cody Helen Bolt. Just fantastic interview. Just really fun. One of the best interviews we've done in a while. I texted Robert after we completed the interview that I just I had so much fun talking to Coach Helen Bolt. So coming up. Douglas Lady Bearcats head coach, Cody Hellenbolt. All right, our next guest is a guy that I'm thrilled 
is able to join us here. He's arguably on the best role ever in the state of Wyoming in terms of high school hoops here. He's the head coach of the Douglas Lady Bearcats, Coach Cody Hellenbolt. Coach, how are you doing today? How's it going? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be on here. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we, Robert and I were talking this week, and we, uh, we've we been talking about the Douglas Lady Bearcats a lot lately, so why not get the guy who's in charge of the team here? Well, let's just talk about this year's team, get right into it. What What is it that you've seen so far from this group that has impressed you the most? Um, you know, they've been a really coachable group. Um, and that's really been kind of the key for us. To be honest with you, we uh, started off with this group in the summer. And the first, <laughs> the first camps we went to, we were like, we were like one and eight. <laughs> and I was like, and every game that we had lost was by, was like final possession of the game. And we either, they either hit a shot or we missed a shot. And we're like, so we were one and eight and I'm going, holy cow. Um, and then you know, they, they listened. They said, we, we said, Hey guys, here's kind of where we're, we're losing these games is we're, we're losing them by doing this, that, and whatever. And we just got to keep working. And, um, you know, they did. And, and we ended up going on a roll at the end of summer and we won like probably 10 of our last 12 games. And then they stayed in the gym from that point forward. I told some, you know, I asked some of them, I said, Hey, if you want to really do well, you got to just keep at it. And they did. And, uh, it's, so we were able to start off this season kind of just rolling, which I felt like started during the summertime. So, uh, it's been, it's been really fun because that's what you want is kids that are going to try to do to the best of their ability, what you ask them to do. And that's what these guys do. When we talked a few weeks ago, you said that you enjoyed seeing girls have the opportunity to take on new roles and then see whether or not they would succeed in those roles. How would you say the girls have done so far with that? Um, you know, I, I'd say each it, each one of them individually is a little bit different. Um, you know, the the two that obviously are are just blown blown it away with the you know how well they're scoring and everything is the Olsen sisters. Um, those two really uh, took it seriously, getting in the gym, and you can see the results of that. So. They've really taken on that scoring role. And then uh, we, we have other kids like Chloe Collins has been on varsity now for four years. And she is just she's one of the smartest players I've ever coached. You, you tell her something one time and she knows exactly where she needs to be. And she comes up with so many loose balls, rebounds and just gets assists and does all these little things for us. And so that's good. And then after that, um, you know, we just have a lot of kids that are, that are talented, they're young and they're eager to learn. And, you know, it could be anybody stepping up, at, you know, after really those, those three, we have tons of people that can do a lot of stuff. Um, having Brooke Wright move in from Worland was, was a key for us. She's been, she's a great passer and our offense works well when we have kids who can pass the ball. And so that's been another one that's been a real um, good been doing a really great job with her role. So it's been really fun just seeing those kids um, having to kind of shoulder a bigger load this year than they have in the past. You kind of touched a little bit about some of the use that you have. And then um, earlier you talked about how they were just adapting to what you were asking them to, you know, how great is that to have these young players just adapt so quickly early in the process, early in their career? Yeah, it's exciting um, because you know, I've always, I'm always optimistic about kids, you know, um, feeling like, man, they're, they're this good right now. How good can they be in the future? And, uh, with the group that I currently have, there's so much room for them to keep getting better that, you know, if they even hit half of that potential, they're already doing well. And, you know, the, the sky's really the limit for them. So it's super exciting, especially coming down after losing uh, the great group of seniors we had last year to just uh, plug some new uh, young kids in there and just watch them kind of take off. It's, it's really fun. Absolutely. So you're going for uh, a state record here this weekend. Um, the longest consecutive, longest win streak in state, state history. 
um, if you pull, if you get the win against Sheridan, 47 wins to beating Lander, you know, just how good does that feel? How, you know, how, being in this place, being in this position to win 47 consecutive games and maybe even more. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because um, when we had the group with uh, Allison Furtick come in, uh, we got her sophomore year, we got invited to that Gillette tournament. And I had some people, I had quite a few people actually tell me, don't go because you guys will win for you. You'll, you'll shatter the win streak record. You can have the all class win streak record. And I, you know, I thought about it, but I was like, you know, I, I just felt like it'd be more fun to play against some more national competition and to have that experience for the kids. And so I, you know, obviously I, I said, no, we want to go do this, this tournament. And that's where our two losses came from. And so then to turn around and, you know, be right back at that win streak record is just kind of, it, it's, you know, it's just kind of fun. It's kind of just icing on the cake. Cause you know, honestly, I feel like we've, we've accomplished a lot and that, you know, records are cool. Um, and obviously that'd be an awesome thing to have, but it, it's pretty crazy to turn around and be right back at that win streak record when, you know, a lot of people thought by signing up for that, that Gillette Energy Classic that we weren't going to be able to get to that. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's awesome for my current kids that they've been the ones that have kind of carried the torch to that finish line because I don't think a lot of people thought that they were going to be a group that was going to be able to do that. So it's been fun to see them, you know, be the ones who've kind of taken that on and, and kept it going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's exciting for sure. You talk, I mean, you mentioned Allison Furtig there, you know, second freshman of the week honors in the Mountain West. Uh, that, that's make you pretty proud, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, I, I thought she had the, I knew she had the ability to do, to do well. And, um, you know, she's a great kid. So she had two things going for her that she just, she had the talent and she's such a hard worker and good kid that she wants to do the right things. And I, and it's, it's fun. I was, I was hoping that would happen for her and it's been really um, fulfilling to kind of watch her, uh, especially, you know, the last few games, she's really stepped up and done well. Staying with Allison a little bit here. Did, did you think that she would be this good right away like this? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I kind of touched on, I'm a little bit of an optimist and I actually did. I, I thought, you know, people were asking me, people are always like, well, is she going to make it at D1, you know? And yeah, you know, I'll, I can say it now that she's doing well, but I was like, I was like, yeah, she's going to be fine. Um, we actually, this is the moment that I knew she was going to be good. We went to a camp at Northern Colorado and we played a, we played Grandview and they are, they are loaded. Like they have, um, they had a, two kids try out for the USA national team. And then their point guard is actually at UW. Now she's um, coming off the bench for UW. And so they were just loaded and we played them and they beat us, but it was a, you know, 15 point game. And Allison, she, she ripped it up. She scored 20 some points. And after the game, the UNC coach came up to me and said, well, who is this girl? How do I not know about her? And, you know, so I kind of explained the story. She didn't play a lot of AU, so she was kind of unknown. And she said, well, did you know who she just scored like 25 points against? That girl's a four-star recruit. She's going to Iowa. And at that point, I was like, you know, I, I figured she would be all right and she would be able to make an impact at UW. So that was kind of, I, I've secretly, not too, not too loud, but I've been telling people I think she was going to do all right from the beginning. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal right there. I did not know that story. Wow. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty impressive. Well, so, since we talked Allison, I mean, Jocelyn Igo, Camden Townsend, great players in their own right. You know, what was it? I know we've talked about this before, but what was it about, you know, all of those seniors from last year that just made it such a special group and such a fun ride for you as the head coach? They were just determined. They were so determined and, you know, they just weren't going to be stopped. And to have that as a coach is great because I mean, that's, that's how most coaches are, you know, to, in order to stick with it, it's kind of a grind. It's hard. Sometimes you got some issues that are a little tough to deal with and you got to just, be determined to grind it out and to have 
uh, kids that are of the, of the same mindset, you don't always get that. And so uh, that was, you know, that was really what it was. Like, it was funny. There was times that, you know, I'd be worried about a game and they'd be like, coach, you don't need to, we're, we're going to get after it. We're going to get it. And it's like, okay, yeah, you don't have to worry too much when that's their attitude. They just wanted to compete and get after it. And it was just fun when you have kids like that. Earlier, um, you, you talked a little bit about Lauren Olson and how she's kind of stepped on the scene for you. And, you know, David asked you if you thought Allison um, was going to have this impact that she's having in UW. It kind of made me think, did you think Lauren was going to come in and have this impact that she's having for you already this soon? Um, not as much as she is probably. Um, you know, when we, I told you we, at the beginning of summer, we were like one and eight. And, and part of the reason for that, she was trying to fit in and, and figure it out. Um, and then when we started kind of rolling is when she started getting more comfortable with the varsity speed of the game. And there were moments, in summer where I kind of got that feeling like, wow, this kid's going to be better than I, than I even thought. And I had really high expectations for her. And I would say by the end of the summer, I knew that she was going to be pretty, pretty special. Um, I didn't probably think, you know, averaging 27 a game or whatever she's averaging right now special, but I knew she was going to have a big impact for us, but she's probably uh, exceeded my expectations a little bit. Now is our Allie and Lauren, are they related? Yeah, they're sisters. Okay. And what I met Allie earlier this season or before the season started, and Allie's pretty competitive. So I have to imagine that there's a sibling rivalry there. What's, what's that like? We, so we have two of them that are going on, and um, you never know. Uh, so my point guard, Brooke Wright, her sister, Bailey Wright, is also on the team. And so we got four sisters – and when I walk into practice, you just never know which group of sisters is going to be going at it. You know, it could be one or the other. You know, they they like to foul each other and then, you know, deny it and then fight over who fouled who the most, you know. <laughs> the other day, um, <laughs> uh, Brooke was guarding her sister and I asked her sister, I said, how many times do you think she's fouled you in this scrimmage? And she straight up was like nine or ten. <laughs> easily you know so we all uh, and then Allie and Allie and Lauren they same thing they're you know they're the, each other's biggest fan and also sometimes you know they're just going at each other and there's nothing I, I don't know what to do as a coach just go get a drink I guess <laughs> <laughs> oh man. oh that's fantastic well this is again going back to my conversation with Allie she said she was looking forward to opponents scoring on you guys this year because you'd be a little bit less dominant than previous years. Now as the head coach, what's that like for you seeing the other team actually score buckets now? Like has your heart rate gone up? Do you have like more heartburn or um, that experience like for you? Do you know the stressful part? The part that's way more stressful now is rebounding uh, because we <laughs> It's kind of funny. I'm a weird, I've had kids, you know, I've had some bad luck as a coach. Sometimes I've had kids get hurt with certain drills and turn an ankle and do this. And rebounding is always the one that seems like, oh, you have a kid sprain an ankle doing a rebounding drill. And so I'm already kind of weird about it. And then when we had Allison Fertig, I mean, we, we got almost every defensive rebound. So we didn't do as many uh, box out drills and, that's when my heart rate goes up now is when a shot goes up. Cause we're not as, you know, tall and dominant rebounding. So I'm like, please get the rebound. <laughs> I've only had the, the pleasure of talking with coach Hellenball a few times. And I think the first time I asked him about Allison's rebounding, he said, the best part, we didn't work on rebounding drills for four years. I mean, not very much. everybody gets hurt. That's where everybody gets hurt. So, like, this is fantastic. We get every rebound, and we don't have to practice. <laughs> uh, you know, her dad was keeping stats at the All-Star game that I, I coached her in this summer, and I think she he told me she had 29 rebounds in the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you, you know, you don't have to. We, just, just get the ball and go, kid. I was talking with Allison, and she's like, yeah, my dad had 29, and I was like, well, I didn't video every play, but I had 23. So, like, just on my video. Like, so, yeah, yeah. 29 seemed low. Given yeah. 
That's amazing, though. That's amazing. Well, what are you looking forward to about, you know, this weekend's tournament, just the competition-wise for you guys heading down to uh, Cheyenne to take on, you know, some of the bigger schools? No, I'm super excited about it. I, I really feel like um, this is how your team grows. I mean, going back to, like, the Energy Classic, I, it's just so valuable to get to see your team in that situation where you're going against uh, bigger schools because it puts you, it stresses your team in ways that you you haven't seen before going against some of those teams that are a little bigger, a little deeper, a little quicker. And it forces you to have to play the game of basketball the right way. And so it's a real um, growing opportunity for our team. And, and since we're such a young team, I think it's going to be just huge for us. Well, okay. I want to learn – we like to learn a little bit about schools here. I am not from Douglas. I know Robert is not from Douglas. There's not really seemingly a 3A school that's that close to Douglas. I know you're originally from Lander. You mentioned that that's a game you certainly get pumped up for. But who's Douglas's big rival? Who is it when they come to town? You guys got to put up a few on the scoreboard. You know, it's funny. Um <laughs> everybody cheers against us. So we end up having like all these rivals, like everybody's our rival. Um, <laughs> I, I would narrow it down to one, but uh, you know, when we go to regionals, it's everybody else's students cheering against us. So it's just our whole conference, you know, uh, when we go to Torrington, it's, it's rowdy. When we go to Wheatland, when we go to Newcastle, when we go to Buffalo, all of those schools really get up to play us. And those, like really all four of those schools are kind of our, our rivals. And I can't even really narrow it down to just one. That's fair. That's fair. I guess when you're that good, you got, you got to get, you get everybody's best shot there. Well, yeah, they, they definitely want to see us, us lose. So it's good. It motivates us. Well, we like to wrap it, wrap every new guest on the podcast with this one question. I, I told you we were going to hit you with the surprise food question here at the end, but you got a burger in front of you. You put okay. anything on this burger. It's going to be the Cody Helen bolt burger, which if it's not already out there in Douglas, somebody needs to get on this, but what, what's going on the Cody Helen bolt burger? Oh man. I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little boring when it comes to that. Like I don't like to throw all the, the crazy stuff on there. Uh, when I go to like five guys, that's, that's a place I like to go in Casper or, you know, wherever I go to get a burger, I usually go like pickles, lettuce, ketchup, um, maybe a little mustard or mayo on there, but nothing too, you know, I'm not throwing like 12 pieces of bacon on there or anything like that. So I'm a little bit boring with, when it comes to that. That that's pretty good. I mean, that's classic Americana right there. You can't yeah. you can't knock that burger. Well, I'll mix it up here. We don't usually go this route, but we asked Allison when she came on what what was her favorite flavor of Gatorade, considering uh -huh. she'd won the Gatorade Award. So many, so what flavor <laughs> Gatorade do you like? Oh man, um, you know I like uh, I like like the the blue one. Any of the blue ones, I got to go with Douglas Blue on that. Nice. So. Love it. Love it. And Allison's was a green apple, right? Yeah. She said lemon lime or green apple. I, yeah. I didn't know that green apple existed as a flavor, but she, I see, I don't even know that. I, that tells you how good of attention I'm paying to what she's drinking on the bench. Cause I didn't even know that either. <laughs> well, Douglas lady Bearcats head coach, Cody Hellenbolt. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the pod and good luck this weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that with Douglas Lady Bearcats head coach, Cody Helenbolt. We certainly had a fantastic time talking to him. Just great interview. Love, love talking to Coach Helenbolt. He's very generous with his time and just, he cracks me up, man. He, those stories about Allison Fertig and I, the rebounding drill, when he told me that, I asked him, about that last summer and he's like yeah we haven't done rebounding drills in four years like <laughs> I thought that was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard and after seeing Allison play a few times yeah it kind of rang true she 
doesn't really in high school did not really need to uh, practice grabbing every single rebound because she was already capable of doing that. <laughs> well, we're go- I'm going to ask Robert about Allison Furtick here in a few seconds. Robert covers the UW women's basketball team for Wild Sports. If you did not know, what what do you what have you thought of the Douglas Glendo native so far this season? What what has impressed you most about her as a freshman? Um, I think the thing that stood out the most to me she's very poised, and uh, she gets into you know she frustrates some of the other players, some of the other women who are trying to guard her or box her out or, you know, get a shot up over her. And um, those players get really frustrated and uh, sometimes, you know, get a little more physical. But it seems like Allison just, for being a freshman, she kind of just stays poised and just, you know, shakes it off and, over a broadcast, one 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 of the games I was watching online, I heard uh, Cowgirls coach Gerald Manson, you know, tell her, "Don't get in a shoving match with an opposing player because it was getting chippy and physical." And yeah, and I think Allison is, from what I've seen, has done a good job just staying poised in there and just doing her thing. Coach Allen Bolt said he was confident that Allison was going to be really good, and. I did not think she was going to be this good right away. She's certainly burst onto the scene. I remember Robert and I talking about it before the season, and I was I was nervous, but I was yep. hoping that she would she would you know find her way to get into some playing time. But didn't didn't know it would be this like didn't know it would be like this. Allison, if you don't already know, has won the Mountain West Freshman of the Week two times so far this season already. She probably won't win it this week, the week that this podcast is dropping because they're not going to end up playing any games this week. That would be, that would be a feat to win the, win the Mountain West freshman of the week. Just, just sitting at home. I mean, do you think that's even possible, Robert? Yeah. It sucks that she can't carry this momentum going forward. Cause these are two, two games that, you know, the Cowgirls could, I mean, had a really good shot at winning, setting themselves up three and one Mountain West, Mountain West play. And, you know, if these games can't get rescheduled, then that's two, you know, more than likely I'd like to think wins that are kind of getting taken away, which is kind of tough. And, you know, the Cowgirls didn't have um, a couple of the key players last week in a loss to UNLV, but the, they still played really well and they still almost won the game. So maybe they're kind of starting to find their stride there. Um, so it sucks that the pause had to happen when it did, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. The UW men's basketball team is on quite the pause as well. They they, by the time they maybe – get back on the court next week, I think January 12th, a week from the day we're recording this podcast is when they're set to play again. They're going to host San Diego State. It'll be it'll have been a long time since they played on Christmas Day against South Florida, and they beat them by 20 points. This men's team, they're, they're something else, man. They're, they just know – what to do, where to go, where to shoot from, where to be in the right spot. They, a lot of chemistry among this group, a lot of guys who love their role, seemingly love their role, and are excelling in their role. What, what have you seen from the men's team so far, Robert? Like you just said, filling their roles. And, you know, when you just do that, everything seems to go well. What are you looking forward to when they finally get into conference play? Well, definitely looking forward to seeing how um, teams come out and kind of try and guard the Cowboys. Who who are they going to try and take away? Obviously, they're going to try and take away Graham Ike, but 
you know, that's going to create all these opportunities for all these other guys who can score the ball really well. And I know Drake Jeffries didn't have the greatest uh, tournament there in Hawaii. He wasn't shooting the ball very often, though, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, that one game, uh, I don't remember who they played, um, but his first shot didn't come till late in the game and just says a lot about not being selfish. Whoever's, whoever's filling it that day is getting it done and shoot or shoot. So he's always going to have his, you know, get his shots up. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who – who they take away, oh, how teams kind of just prepare for UW's offense as a whole. It's a lot of weapons you have to try and take away. And it be interesting to see how, uh, you know, Cowboys adapt as well. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. A lot of guys who can get hot at any time and who maybe haven't shot the ball the best so far this season, you know, they're certainly capable of, being an even more dangerous offensive team than they've already shown with Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado, which has to keep some coaches in the Mountain West up later at night than they probably would like. (laughs) Well, wrap it up here quickly with some football, Cowboy football thoughts. You know, certainly an interesting couple of weeks for Craig Bowles' squad in terms of you win a bowl game fairly decisively over Kent State in Boise, and then uh, some of your best players just decide to enter the transfer portal right away, very next day, which personally really, really killed my ability to get a good night's sleep on Wednesday because it then took me much, much longer than I would have liked traveling back from Boise to get to Casper. But, you know, everybody is everybody is allowed to do their own thing. But that was – I mean, I was really hoping that these guys could have announced their transfers on Thursday when I was safely back in Casper and had a full night's sleep under my belt. But – Alas, alas, 10 guys in the portal for the Cowboys, including Xavier Valade, Levi Williams, Sean Chambers, Isaiah Nayor, defensive end Victor Jones, Cameron Murray, and a few others there. Azizi Hearn and CJ Colton as well. And then I, I know I'm missing somebody there, but a lot of contributors on that list of guys, you know, a lot of guys who have played significant time. Levi Williams has already announced that he's headed to Utah State. Isaiah Nayor, we knew, was a talented guy. Michael Katz was on the Nayor train for a long time, long time, telling us how talented, telling us how talented this guy was. And clearly the rest of college football found out if you don't follow Isaiah Nayor on Twitter, you can just check out his Twitter and see the list of offers he's accumulated after entering the transfer portal and certainly can't blame him when people like LSU, Texas, and USC are beating down his door. But what what do you make of this whole situation with, with the Cowboy football team? What's your take on it, Robert? Um, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, there's something going on in the atmosphere there and players just don't want to be there anymore. Um, that's just what – that's just my takeaway is, I mean, it just seems like no one wants wants to be there. I mean, I don't really know what else. It just uh, – it's not a good environment for some people and why, why stay if – uh, you're not happy, you know. It's, if it's not going to benefit you in the most possible way, then you know, head out. Some people might think it's selfish and whatnot, but I don't know if it's selfish to do what's best for you. It's never, it's never too selfish to do what's best for you, especially when you're a college athlete and you only have a pretty small window to capitalize on you know your skills and your skill set and how good you yeah. are at football football it's not like 
it's not like football is a 25 year career, you know? Yeah. And if you're not getting the ball, uh, uh, you know, I would go somewhere where I would be getting the ball and could potentially, you know, show off for some NFL scouts or something. No doubt. I mean, I said on our newscast a few weeks ago when some, when most of these transfers broke that some of these guys are a, a lot of these guys who have transferred out, who have decided to transfer out are older and seniors going on, going into fifth, sixth year territory in college football. And coach bowl said before the season that he or before the season had ended that he planned to have some tough conversations with some of these guys about their futures with the university of Wyoming football program. And I think some of those guys fall into that category. I think some of the guys fall into the category that they were perhaps unhappy with their role and certainly did not did not like the way that did not like the positions that they were put in to succeed with the pokes. So I I'm not gonna say who's who there, but I, that's my that's my take on it. When you really think about it, 10 guys hitting the transfer portal is certainly, it seems like a lot and it feels like a lot, especially when it's guys who are starters. But in this day and age of college football, that's a fairly, you know, normal amount. It's certainly not like half the team turned in their jerseys and said, you know, we're good. College football, it's cool, but it's not for us. But I, I just – I'd like to – if you like the Cowboys, I wouldn't panic. I really do think that there's there's a lot of talent on the roster left behind. They just haven't had the opportunity to play because of guys being in those spots, you know, entrenched in those spots. It's hard to overtake somebody who's played for a long time, no matter how talented you are. So just want to say that – say that the sky hasn't fallen – it's a long time between now and next football season, that's for sure. So plenty of time for things to change. To change, and they, in theory, have 10, 10 scholarships open after signing 15 guys on early signing day, maybe even more after 10 scholarship players left. But, I mean, who knows? Could, could have the all-transfer portal team in there next season after it all it takes is 10 guys, you know, 10 guys can change the entire complexion of a football team. I guess I said that and just undid everything I just said, but don't panic. I think that there's a lot of time for things to change between now and next football season. I'm sure we'll have more time to talk about this at a later date, but that's it for this, this week's episode of the wild sports podcast. Really appreciate everybody who's listened, subscribed, downloaded, rated, reviewed the podcast. It means the world to Robert, myself. We love doing this week, doing this every week as evidenced by the fact that we're recording and not thinking about what's going on outside there. It's a dreamy day to be alive in Wyoming. That's for sure. <laughs> but in all seriousness, really appreciate everyone who's shared, shared the pod and, done everything they can everything they can to help make this podcast grow we really appreciate it follow robert on twitter for this weekend great stuff i'm sure coming from all the games that he will be at at our munoz 307 you can follow myself at mr david graff i'll try to put up some highlights of Stu Lairwick and the boys so if, if you're a pine bluffs native check it out if you're unable to make it to Glen Rock, hopefully those games are still on. I'll, I'll be real bummed if those games get canceled due to the weather. That's on that. Those are supposed to be on Friday, I believe. So that would be, that would hurt. That would hurt my soul, but looking forward to that. Looking forward to all of the high school hoops, this action this week, hopefully get the Cowboys men's basketball team and women's basketball team back in action next week. So looking forward to seeing them back out on the floor, especially one of our favorite guests and just favorite 
you know, people to watch rebound. Allison Fur to get back out there on the floor. Looking forward to that. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll be back next week. Shout out any suggestions, baby. Now 